On this episode of the Breaking the Game podcast, Austin and I discuss our preseason standouts along with our rookie report. You're not going to want to miss this episode. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We'll be right back with you after this break. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Breaking the Game show here on the Nothing But Net channel brought to you by Dash Radio. We are going to be doing our rookie report and our preseason standouts. Austin, how's it going, brother? I'm doing good, Stephen. Doing good. It's nice to see you on this wonderful evening. It's always fun to, to join you on the show and talk a little ball. So I'm, I'm excited for the show tonight. It should be good. Yeah, absolutely. We're kind of taking a break from what everyone else is talking about with Giannis signing his Supermax and with mm-hmm. James Harden getting traded, supposedly, and all this other stuff. Um, not that right. anything has been reported that he is, but, you know, just the ongoing discussion that he eventually will or won't be, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, talking about a few rookies that we each find intriguing here in the preseason and uh, obviously just other preseason standouts as well. Awesome. What do you think about, you know, the way that the preseason has gone overall so far? Well, you know, this is the the peak of overreaction season for NBA fans and analysts alike. You know, obviously, everybody sees these guys having that are having these great performances. And, you know, they think in the back of their mind, oh, yeah, this is against second stringers and, and guys that aren't even going to be on the court much. But at the same time, it's hard not to get excited about some of these performances from that we've seen from some of these breakout guys. And as far as the rookie report goes, um, you know, a, a little bit underwhelming to a certain extent. I mean, I guess they are rookies. You can't expect too much from them, but it, it seems like, you know, it's a little, um, not what I expected to be honest. I kind of figured at least one or two of the, of the top couple of picks would be shining in the preseason and it's not really been the case, but, uh, for me, I, I think it's been exciting. It's been fun. There's been so many other storylines. It's been kind of like the games are almost second place so far. But there have been some really good games for sure. So I'm excited to get into this. How about you? What do you think about this preseason so far? How do you think it's been going? I think you just hit the nail on the head. It's like there's basketball going on, but let's just focus on the main storylines. because, mm-hmm. And it's also weird too, right? Because... If you're a fan of the team or the player that you're watching at that moment, this is an important game. But if it's someone that you don't care about or a team that you don't particularly care too much for, it's like, and it's preseason, who cares, right? So it's kind of double-edged sword in that aspect. But, you know, this is mainly NBA headline season with, oh, but yeah, by the way, there's some basketball games being played at the same time, right? Like, that's how it feels right. to me. Definitely, definitely. It's it's like the the drama around the game is you know, taking the driver's seat for now. But once the games count, I'm sure that'll change like it always does. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's get right into it, Austin. We're going to be talking about the rookie report first. That's going to be our first segment. And you're going to be talking about a pretty interesting guy. Uh, We've debated about whether or not this guy should have been taken number one overall. But this is your first, uh, you know, candidate for the rookie report, Austin. Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit about who you're talking about and what you think about how he's played so far. Well, you know me, ever the modest guy to pick the the no-name rookie to talk about, obviously. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> right, um, yeah. I'm, I'm going to be talking about Anthony Edwards, the number one overall pick in the most recent draft with uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves. And uh, to be honest, this is kind of what I was talking about. Not, not a whole lot of uh, exciting news to report on this front. He struggled mightily in their first game. Um, he... Bounced back a little bit in the second game. He he looks a little bit lost on the court right now, which I think is is to kind of be expected from rookies in their first game, especially in this really short off season that they've had. We got to remember there's basically no uh, training camp up to this point, really. Not you know not like a normal one at least. Um, so you know I don't want to hold too too much against him, but uh, it hasn't been where I expected. Um, I'll get into the numbers here in just a minute. But what have you thought about him so far, Stephen? I mean, I hate to say I told you so, but like this is kind of the the worry that I had with Anthony Edwards coming into the NBA. And granted, his first time playing against the field. And again, like what I just mentioned earlier, like, oh, this is just preseason, so it doesn't matter. Like this is the time for him to try to figure out the game, right? But had he, you know, been balling, I'm pretty sure you would have came in, you know, beating your chest a little bit more on this segment, right, Austin? If oh, you would for sure, for sure. Right. And then I would have been in your spot saying eh, it's preseason, you know, whatever, you know, so mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just he's kind of he's showing you 
what the concern was, right? Like, granted, I don't think that the hustle, effort, and energy has been an issue yet, but granted, this is the first time he's graced an NBA basketball court, right? So he wants to come out to that number one pick standing, and, you know, he just – he's figuring it out. It's not like he's walking into a particularly easy, you know, scenario either where at best off the get, he's going to be your third option maybe, depending on the lineup. So, yeah, that's kind of what I see in him right now. Yeah, definitely. I was, I kind of was figuring that's where you'd go with this. The I told you so game for sure. Because for anybody that you know, obviously nobody knows because this was in our group chat. But Stephen and I got into a pretty, uh, pretty animated discussion about what we think the future ceiling, I guess, is for a guy like Anthony Edwards. I tend to think it's a little bit higher than than it probably realistically is. And Steven's probably a little bit more of a, a realist in this situation than I am. I kind of expected him to come in and, and not really have a whole lot of trouble scoring. He's got the size and the body and the athleticism that would signify somebody that should, you know, be able to at least, you know, get their own shots with relative ease, whether or not they shoot a great percentage is another thing. Turns but, out you uh, got to be good at basketball on top of being a good athlete too. So right, right, right. I kind of it kind of uh, slipped my mind that at this level they're all incredible athletes, not just him. You know, mm-hmm. uh, but they actually, you know, both games were against uh, um, Memphis, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. And, right, and the more recent game he was four for fourteen. So not great shooting. That's 28.6%. One for seven on threes. You know, that's alarming for sure. Uh, He was three for four from the free throw line. But like another thing I kind of worried about with him is scoring was kind of the thing that I expected him to contribute at least early on and not a whole lot else. And he didn't really contribute a whole lot of scoring, but he definitely didn't really contribute a whole lot of anything else. In this game, he had four rebounds, two assists. He did have two steals, so that wasn't bad, and a block. But he turned the ball over five times. His plus minus was negative 14, finished with 12 points. Um, You know, not a terrible outing for a preseason game, one of your first ever performances as a professional. I'm sure there's still a little bit of jitters. He is a a 19-year-old kid playing with grown men. But I would have liked to see those shooting numbers be significantly better. Um, I'm definitely not... uh, not excited about that aspect of his game at this point. He doesn't seem like he has a NBA level three yet at this point. And I, I don't know that he will. I mean, 28% from the field overall is pretty bad. And then one for seven from threes is, you know, really awful. So, you know, obviously I don't want to overstate his struggles, but uh, he hasn't looked good up to this point. Let's just, just tell it like it is. Yeah. And I, I'm not going to beat you up anymore on this. I mean, you, pretty much covered everything that I wanted to say about him, you know, so mm-hmm. we'll transition now to a guy that's kind of comparable, right. in build and stature. And, you know, mm-hmm. he was drafted fifth overall in the same draft and that's Isaac Okoro. Uh, he's a guy that I was also low on because of the shooting. And I will tell you that over these last three games, granted his last game wasn't his best, but overall, I mean, the young man has been playing extremely well. I mean, he's, mm-hmm. he played against the Pacers twice and against the Knicks once. And I'm sorry for all of, you know, you know, the, the 67% of our network that are Knicks fans right now. Right. But, uh, you know, they, they did win by double digits. He's played 33, 28, and 30 minutes in each of those three games. He scored 18, 15, and 10 points. He is not averaged less than one point per possession in each of those games. He's contributed with steals, rebounds. You know, he's shooting the three. He was two of four, one of one, and one of one in each of those games. You know, he also shot free throws decently well. A uh, couple and ones. He's drawn a lot of fouls in each game, and he's. But he also has committed his fair share. But at least for the the Cleveland Cavaliers, he's kind of a bright, shiny, you know, light at the end of a tunnel, so to speak. Because not everything that happens in Cleveland is 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 good, right? And when it's just slightly above below average, it looks great. But Isaac Okoro has actually just been flat out good. He has played well, and I think that he is, you know, complimenting and. You know all the all the pieces around them. They have that two guard backcourt. You know they have Andre Drummond, Kevin Love, and he's kind of just navigating that offense and the defense extremely well. I've been pleasantly surprised on Okoro. I didn't have him as my fifth best prospect. I actually think that Denny Abdia made a lot more sense for the Cleveland Cavaliers. You know for for the direction of their team. But overall, Isaac Okoro has played extremely well. Granted, again, it was against the Pacers twice, which 
a good team, not a great team, but a good team, a good solid team. And then against the New York Knicks, and we know that they have had a couple rookies step in and be productive, but they're not really looked at as an elite team on either side of the ball right now. Right. Well, well, let's just get this out of the way right away. You know, the Knicks are not going to be very good this year. So, you know, that's not much of a measuring stick. Sorry, Chris, if you're listening, but I'll try not to be too mean. But the Knicks, the Knicks aren't really uh, expected to do a whole lot. So, you know, that that was kind of less of a, a surprise from my point of view. But uh, the Pacers in, you know, at least historically, the last few years have been a, a fairly solid defensive team. They, they right. kind of hang their hat on defense and and he was extremely successful and he's a guy that I kind of, you know, we knew coming into this that his defense was going to be there regardless. He's obviously a, a pretty good, you know, a really solid defender. That's kind of what he made his name on in, in college. <laughs> there he is. And, yep. uh, but you know, this offense has been a pleasant surprise for a team who's been drafting awfully high over the last few years and kind of hasn't really hit on a star at this point yet still you know early on in their careers those two guards and uh sexton and garland may you know may improve significantly but so far it doesn't look like they've had a whole lot of success up to this point so i'm sure it's a uh, a welcome sight to see one of their draft picks at least in the preseason so far succeeding the way he has been yeah, exactly. And again, just to touch on the fact that, you know, I bring him up, you know, him being drafted at fi- at the fifth spot overall surprised a few people. I think that there were some that were higher on him than others, you know, around the league. And, you know, people who analyze you know, college basketball prospects on a professional level, they were all over the board with these guys as where they as they were with many other prospects. Right. I wasn't particularly high on Okoro, but he is, again, limited sample size, and it is preseason. He is showing that he is well worth that fifth selection spot here in my eyes, Austin. I, I would have to agree completely. I almost feel like it, at this point with the the play of the other top four picks, and, you know, obviously one of them hasn't played at all, but, uh, you know, he might be considered a steal at this point. You know, none of those guys really – have had a whole lot of success up to this point and he's kind of come right in you know like a house of fire just you know sometimes you hear guys say when they come from college that it's actually easier to score in the pros i i don't necessarily know if that's true or why i know there's a lot more floor spacing and the game's a lot more up and down so it it is probably a little less bogged down and so maybe he's maybe he's going to be one of those guys that you know improves because of that a lot of times guys in college are kind of hamstrung by what their their system wants them to do and slowing the ball down and running half court sets and he may you know be the type of guy that just needed this you know kind of up and down free-flowing open court game to to really show what he could do offensively and i just love the fact that he's active in every area of the game i mean you you watch it the eye test shows you that and you look at the the stat sheet and they reflect Mm -hmm. what you see in the game as well i mean like like i said he has not scored as a rookie in three preseason games. He has, you know, in each of those games, he was over one point per possession, which is, mm-hmm. you know, compared to these other rookies, he's actually doing quite well. Austin, who's mm-hmm. your second rookie that you want to give your report? Well, this should redeem me with our uh, our prez. I uh, I picked Obi Toppin from the New York Knicks. He fell to them at the eighth pick, which you know, obviously, everybody that's a Knicks fan was f- extremely excited when that came to fruition because everybody kind of thought he'd be long gone by that point. And he's a, you know, a local kid. And obviously you could see the emotion on his face when he got picked by, by the Knicks. Um, But he, he did struggle significantly in his first game. Um, uh, He's had three games so far. I'm trying to find the the first one. I'm sorry. My notes somehow are completely (laughs) blank on me here. I, I had them saved and I pulled it up and it's all completely gone. So I'm Google drive is, is at it again. Mm-hmm. So I apologize for this. I feel like I'm not prepared. I spent like two hours putting this together earlier today. It's all good. Well, what about just like in the games that you watch, we don't have to just speak to the numbers, but I mean, he's mm-hmm. shown flashes on the court, right? Austin, that he is mm-hmm. actually, you know, ready to succeed off at least offensively in the NBA. Right. Well, he's obviously, you know, got NBA level athleticism. He's obviously going to going to rebound pretty well. He had 7 rebounds in the la- in the most recent game. I do remember watching that. Mm-hmm. Um he was 1 for 9 against the Pistons. Here we go. I got it. I found it. Okay. 1 for 9, 1 for 9 against the Pistons, 1 for 6 um from 3. 
Yep, one for six from three. That's good for 11% and 16% respectively. One of two from the free throw line. Uh, this was definitely a um, kind of a stinker of a game for him in his debut. You know, I feel like that was just probably a little bit uh, rookie jitters. You know, he finished with a negative eight for his plus minus. He only had uh, four points in the game, but he did bounce back in the most recent game. I think he ended up four for six with 11 points. He had seven rebounds. He's been extremely active, which you like to see. You know, he's he seems like he's going to fit in well with with the guys they have there, R.J. Barrett and, and Mitchell Robinson specifically. I think those three could be a pretty exciting front court in the very near future. Um, R.J. Barrett, by the way, just want to put this out there. I picked him for most improved player. He looked pretty good so far. So there's one thing I got right. There you go. And um, we're, we're not going to be talking about this guy too, Emmanuel, quickly. But, I mean, even quickly – you know, is showing the fact that, you know, down the line, he and Obi topping together. At the, and we graded this draft class. A, I gave them an A+. Plus, I believe you gave them an A, right? So mm-hmm. their, their pieces Definitely. are even showing that they can fit together, you know, long-term potentially. And, you know, they had, I think there was, what, seven assists from quickly the other night. So, yeah, I mean, topping and quickly mm-hmm. together can be something something fierce. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. Um, you know, Quickly's looked good so far. Uh, better, a little bit better than I expected this early on. A lot of times, I feel like you know, rookie point guards tend to really struggle. Um, but you know, obviously, this stat line from this Pistons game is is not a representative sample of what Obi Toppin was able to do in college and why he was drafted where he was. I think everybody realizes that, and uh, you know, pump the brakes a little bit if you're too worried. Uh, you know, they did just beat. Cleveland Cavaliers, who you was you were just talking about with Isaac Okoro, yeah, uh, one hundred and ninety-three correctly, yeah. Oh, it's okay. It's all good. I don't even have anything written down. Apparently, so you're doing better than me. <laughs> I appreciate but he came that. back in this game. He he uh, played a lot more. He played almost thirty-one minutes versus twenty-three in his debut. He was four for six from the field. Not anything too crazy, but he did shoot well. Um, like I said, the seven rebounds, uh, he finished with a plus 16 in this game. I think it was obvious that he was a little bit more active. He was, you know, a little bit more comfortable. The jitters were kind of out of the way. Um, I do expect an up and down season from him, to be totally honest. I, I feel like there are some parts of his game where they may not translate right away from college to the pros. Um, and that does kind of worry me a little bit. But I do think he's the type of player that, has the work ethic to to get through that and he's definitely got the ability to be you know a lethal scorer in this league so i'm i'm excited about what i've seen from him so far just like the energy level and and he he looks good in that Knicks uniform let's be honest he certainly does and we'll transition now to my last rookie that we're going to talk about before we get to our next segment mm-hmm. and that's going to be Teo Maladon um who was drafted 34th overall and ended up being a part of the Oklahoma City Thunder you know the bright future thunder that they have and this is a guy, again, that I was low on. And, you know, our buddy Lee Branscombe of HoopsProspects.com was incredibly high on Teo Maladon. So, it, you know, mm-hmm. even though it makes me wrong by my analysis, at least in the short sample size, that he's looking good, at least Lee gets some sort of glory out of this, you know, from, from his product, productivity. But, you know, Teo Maladon has played the Spurs twice. Um, in each of those games, he scored 20 points and 11 points. He was beneath that one point per possession average. In the second game, he's, you know, giving you a couple assists in the games, you know, a couple steals, a few rebounds. He's shown the ability that he can shoot the three, you know, at, at good levels, you know, two of four and two of five in each of those games. I believe he is 100 percent from the free throw line, which is which is awesome. And, you know, they also the fact that he's drawing fouls, I think, speaks a lot to just how good of a player that he is. So. I think that what you're seeing with Teo Maladon in the short sample size, it's very encouraging, and I hope that it continues. But, I mean, he, he's proven me wrong here, you know, with his play with the Thunder. Austin, what are your thoughts on Teo Maladon? Um, he's one of the guys that I'll be, you know, I'll be completely honest with you. I didn't know a whole lot about coming into the draft. I didn't do a whole lot of study on him. Uh, I knew his name, but not much other than that. So I'm, you know, I'm really pleasantly surprised with how he's played. He's obviously lit it up a couple times. He looks really comfortable out there. Um, you know, we, I kind of alluded to it, and I think you've said it, you know, even more than me, that this draft may not have the star power at the top, 
but it's it was fairly deep. There was a yes. lot of you know starter level talent in this draft. You know, perennial starter level talent. We'll say, you know, a lot of times, you know, I think Lee said maybe what. 25 30 percent maybe maybe a little bit more than that of the guys mm-hmm. that get drafted end up sticking around for you know a long career so this may be one of those drafts where there's a lot of guys that are are still in the league down the road but maybe just not the the top top end talent and i think this is kind of what you're seeing there with maladon you know obviously uh you didn't uh rate him quite as high as some other people but you know that's part of the fun of this is everybody has their own opinion and you can't get them all right Stephen, don't don't beat yourself up too much and it's fun it's not like he was picked you know 10th overall and had him graded 60 i mean he was drafted 34th overall so there were every team had a chance Mm -hmm. essentially to 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 take a grab at him and you know he fell to the second round which is fine and you see this with these international prospects unless you're Alexei pokoshevsky right which um you know for also on the same thing team as uh, Teo Maladon, but not looking as good. So Austin, real quick before we transition, I just wanted to give just a quick honorable mention. I'm not going to give a lot of numbers or anything, mm-hmm. but two other rookies that I've been impressed with that if we had time, I would have gotten to were uh, Malachi Finland and Cole Anthony. I think that both of those guys are both mm-hmm. point guards have shown in their limited playing time that they are going to be impact guys for their team for you know, at least this upcoming season, Austin, were there any other guys that stood out to you, at least on the rookie end? Um, well, you know, Malachi Flynn was one that I was definitely interested in touching on a little bit. You know, he's looked great. I think it, it does kind of seem weird that they just gave Fred Van Vliet this big extension, you know, all that money. And then they went out and drafted a couple point guards, but you can never have too many good ball handling guards that can run the offense. I don't think that's ever really an issue. So, you know, he's looked great. He had the 17-point game. He he obviously lit it up. He's another guy that, you know, I knew a little bit more about him than than Maladon, but he was one that I, I just didn't know really what to expect out of him coming into this, and he's looked awesome. So he's definitely stood out in, in my eyes. And then a couple of the other top picks are, are just the ones I wanted to kind of touch on. Um, oh, yeah, sure. You know, LaMelo Ball has struggled just about as bad as Anthony Edwards. They both have struggled to find their shot. They both really have looked lost at times. Um, LaMelo just kind of seemed like he wasn't able to get into a flow of the offense, which yeah, he was is scoreless in one game. Yeah, he was scoreless. Right. He didn't even score in his debut. So, you know, Anthony Edwards may have looked bad, but he, at least he made a bucket, you know. Right. So, LaMelo, it's surprising to me because I kind of felt like, obviously, he's a rookie and he's got a, a, a lot. Yeah, he's got to, a lot on you know, plate, to work on sure. the natural way. He, just the natural way that he plays the game. You know, he kind of gets in the flow of the offense, you know, just by the way he plays. So it was kind of weird for me to see him so like disjointed and kind of out of out of sync with his teammates. Uh, I think that obviously will work itself out. I do think he is a, a an elite talent. I think he's hopefully going to be better than his brother. You know, I was pretty high on Lonzo when the Lakers took him and he kind of kind of broke my heart a little bit when he struggled. He didn't, I guess, not struggled, but I was I was hoping for, you know, a star next coming Jason to a certain extent. Right. Uh, You know, and he does fill up the stat sheet, but not the way you'd like. And LaMelo just kind of looks, it was a kind of a similar start to, to what Lonzo did, you know, when he came into the league, Lonzo obviously dominated the summer league in the preseason. He looked really well, really good. And then he struggled in in the regular season. So maybe this will be a flip flop. Maybe he'll, his little brother will struggle in the preseason and come out on fire in his opening game. We'll, We'll see. And then James Wiseman. James Wiseman has not played and will not play for the entire uh, preseason. And I don't know if they've said anything. I haven't heard. But I did kind of speculate that he it may be COVID-related because I think they they used that term. Yeah, they did lay Mm -hmm. down the vibe that it was going to be. Because, you know, you see all these teams now using this term, they have an excused absence. And that's Mm -hmm. because they can't just come out and say, you know, hey, this guy has this illness because of HIPAA laws. So it's it's always kind of been weird to me that the NFL does that. But anyway, uh, so he's not going to play. So obviously we're just more of the waiting game with him. How long is it going to be till you actually get to see him on a court? You know, he sat out almost the entire college season. So we don't really know completely what to expect from him. And I was excited to watch him in the preseason. So I was fairly disappointed that, to hear that news. But hopefully he's all right. 
Um, and I just kind of wanted to make sure everybody was aware of what was going on with him and why he, you haven't seen him on the court yet. So, yeah. And our buddy, Patrick Graham, um, who recently just kind of partnered up with off the ball, you know, just wrote in say a hundred percent who will, he will be better. And I would just counter with, well, it's hard to get much worse, right. With the way that LaMelo ball had been playing. So I'll right. just throw that in there for our Definitely. buddy, Patrick. All right. So we'll transition right. now so- to the pre- I'm just saying we'll go ahead and transition now to the preseason standouts. And Austin, I'm just going to um, jump on this one. And I'm going to start with the guy who I did save to kind of be on deck. And with the game that he just played on the 16th against the Thunder, he just vaulted up into my standings. I got to talk about this young man. And that's sophomore Kobe White. He has been phenomenally. He's played phenomenally well for the Bulls. He's played the Rockets twice, the Thunder once. In those games, he scored 15, 20, and 27, never less than one point per possession. You know, he's even given you a block in one game. He's given you some steals in another game, assists in all of them, rebounds in all of them. You know, he's made two, four, and five threes in those games, respectively. He's drawing fouls. He's committing not that many, and he's even drawing charges. So he's showing that even though he's not probably going to be like a plus defender, as far as like individual stopper, he is capable, at least in a team construct underneath you, you know, your reigning supposed to be coach of the year, Billy Donovan. I just really love the way that he's kind of popped. He's kind of, he may be the leader of this team coming into this season with, uh, you know, Zach Levine, even on this team. I, I think Kobe white is showing that he has the capability and even the potential to be the face of this bulls team going into the future and that's kind of scary, right? Because they 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 drafted well. You know, their rookie has had a great game as well. Zach Levine, you know, showing that he's still capable of being that guy. They still got to figure out their front court situation with Marketing and Wendell Carter. Mm-hmm. You know, how can these guys play together? Overall, though, I've been extremely impressed with the way that Kobe White has been playing for the Chicago Bulls. What say you, Austin? Uh, I agree with everything you just said. You know, he had 27 points the other night. He, he looked electric. He looked like he was in control out there. You know, he looks like he's made a serious leap from, from his rookie season to now, which I kind of expect from a lot of these young guys. I mean, if they're doing what they're supposed to have been doing, they've had a lot of time off to just hone their skills and work on their game. I think you saw that from Tyler Hero in the bubble. You know, he obviously took that time off to to work on his game because he came back almost a completely different player. And that's kind of what we're seeing from Kobe White here too. Honestly, for me, of their top, of their three most recent high draft picks, he's the one that I was least, you know, had the least expectations of at least when he got drafted uh the other two guys marketing and um wendell carter i kind of was pretty pretty high on and, and marketing looked good out of the gate but he's he regressed a lot under jim boylan so you know it it wouldn't be that crazy to say that kobe white may be the future face of this team he may already be and you know we say it all the time it, you kind of need that perimeter player and that guard to be like the the guy that's in control of things or, or it just makes things a lot harder. So this bodes well for the Bulls. He's looked great. Uh, I'm a, I'm a little bit of a Bulls fan. They're they're lo- close enough to be local from my hometown at least. How many teams do you have, Austin? You got the Lakers, you got the Pacers, and now you got the Bulls. I like them more growing up. the The future of this team. They're they're young. They're talented. And Kobe White looks like he's excel. Yeah, absolutely. Kobe White is a phenomenal player. Uh, who's your first standout that you want to talk about, Austin? I want to talk about Zion Williamson. I've been excited to talk about this all day. They finally took the kid gloves off. They unwrapped them in the bubble wrap. They took off all the, you know, the training pads and the knee pads and everything. And they said, here you go, son. It's time to play some basketball. Finally. More foam peanut. Right. I've been I've been waiting for them to stop acting like this six foot eight, 280 pound behemoth is made of glass. You know, he <laughs> he looked exactly like he looked in the short time we saw him in last season. Just high motor dominant, just kind of rips rebounds away from from bigger, stronger guys or you guys that you would think are stronger. But there may not be, you know, he's a, a pretty big boy. He had 26 points and 11 rebounds. He was 10 of 11 from the free throw line. Uh, he was he was dominant. Uh, I, I'm super duper excited to see uh, this team, especially under uh, Stan Van Gundy. I think 
you could t- you knew pretty much as soon as he got hired there that the that minutes restriction was going out the window. I don't think Stan Van Gundy seems like the type of coach that's going to put his star player on a minute res- minutes restriction. And if they were if that was their plan, I, I don't know that he would have ended up there. <laughs> no, but you know he likes to do things his own way. But I will say that the offense they were running looked awesome against my, uh, you know, a Miami team that I picked to finish first in the East that just made it to the NBA Finals and and gave the Lakers a run for their money. Obviously, again, it's preseason, so you know, don't get too crazy down on Miami if you're a Heat fan. But yeah. you know, they're a good defensive team, and Zion and Brandon Ingram seem to get a lot of easy buckets right at the rim, and I think that's a a product of what Stan Van Gundy's doing um, with that offense. So. I was really, really excited with what he did. Yeah, and he just seems to—he just seems like he can see the game at a veteran level already in his second season. In his rookie year, he only he played less than thirty games, right, or less than twenty games even. So Mm -hmm. he—I don't know—just the way he plays, he moves different. He's got a different feel in the NBA (laughs) compared to any other star that we Mm -hmm. see out there right now. And like you mentioned, right. he's playing well alongside Steven Adams, which when they acquired Steven Adams, you were kind of like, all right, what's the fit going to be like between these two bruising guys? And they seem to play well next to one another. I think Zion's showing is going to show very shortly that he's di- a dynamic enough of a player to play next to him. And he doesn't have to be kind of pigeonholed as a, as a big man necessarily, even though he, he obviously is. Um, but you hit the nail on the head. He sees, he looks like he sees the game. Like it's in slow motion. You know, he almost makes other guys on the court look like they're just kind of standing still when, you know, he goes flying in there and rips an offensive rebound away from a bigger guy and dunks it on him. you know, almost like he's just a kind of like a schoolyard bully in a way. And (laughs) you almost, you almost never see the, college star that was just physically bigger and stronger and dominating their opponents because of his uh physical abilities do that at the end in at the nba level especially not right away so i i think this is something on a whole nother level that we're seeing from him i think it's the start of something really really special you know 61 percent from the field 90 percent from the free throw line all great numbers that you love to see so i, I couldn't be couldn't be higher on zion williamson right now yeah, and I'm right there with you. All right, Austin, the the last guy that I want to discuss for my end for standouts, right, is a guy that probably not a lot of people are expecting to hear on the show right now, and that's Harry Giles for the Portland Trailblazers. I actually had a real good friend of mine, um, Phil Tross. Phil, if you're listening, hey, what's up? Told me to keep an eye out for Harry Giles, and I'm and I, I'm thinking like, okay, they have you know they have a Nurkic, they have uh you know Enos Kander that they just signed they have Carmelo Anthony they got Covington like how many minutes is this guy going to see well in the three games that he's played he's played 25 and 26 minutes I'm going to talk on these first before I get to his final game he scored 18 19 18 and then 19 in each of those games three steals in this first two steals in a second two blocks in his first one block in a second 14 rebounds in his first 13 rebounds in a second gave you one assist in his first three assists in his second. He shot, you know, eight of 13 his first game, six of 11 his second, made one three-pointer in his second game, was six of six from the free throw line, drew four fouls, committed five. Those were all great numbers. Unfortunately, in his last game that he just played on the 16th against the Nuggets, he only played 12 minutes, only scored two points, four rebounds and assists, and then shot 25% from the floor, right? So that last game is not a great indicator, but like if you can get, this sort of production that you had against, you know, in his first two games against the Kings, Harry Giles has really stood out to me. And I think that he could be a very viable, you know, rotational player for the Portland Trailblazers who almost always seem to struggle with injuries. So having a guy like this play this promising early in the season, I think is a great look for Portland. Yeah. Didn't he have like a, a, a pretty serious injury in college? Like it was like a, broken leg or a broken back or something something pretty serious i think so, yeah i mean he was projected to be one of the top guys in his draft i remember that i think he was uh, almost as highly touted as like marvin bagley and wendell carter jr when he went when he went to duke I, you know it, in that at, in that level of recruit at least and mm-hmm. we just never really got to see that from him so it's awesome to see him get a chance and and be healthy and excel and he's showing why you know people were so high on him 
at such a young age and, and have been for a while. You know, sometimes the NBA is hard. It, it, we expect guys to come in right away and just be terrific because they're, you know, the next big thing. And not everybody can be like Zion Williamson and put up 25 points in their you know, their debut or, or LeBron James putting up 20 in their debut. A lot of guys take a year or two to figure things out and find their way. And, and they still have to be coached up a lot to a certain extent. So, you know, I think the future is bright for him, for a, a Kings team that other than uh, De'Aaron Fox didn't, hasn't had a whole lot of bright spots. This is an, a nice bright spot for them. Well, he now plays for Portland. He did play for the oh, Kings, yeah, right? Sorry. Yeah, so no, you're fine. It, it's kind of hard because he did play for Sacramento, and now he played against Sacramento in his first game well, they, on a new There team. you go. The Kings The Kings got rid of him right when he's going to get good, so that's a perfect Sacramento move. There you go. Well, Never mind. Right. That's what you're saying. The NBA is hard. I was about to say, especially when you're, <laughs> after, when you're drafted by Sacramento, right, and Vladi Divac. So, you know, he's getting mm. a good look in Portland. Like right. I said, it almost I, I hope that it doesn't happen, but it's almost every season that they sustain at least one injury. I mean, Nurkic, Collins, you know, all of these guys almost always get hurt. And hopefully it doesn't happen. But I would like to see Harry Giles just get minutes just because he's a good player. You know, he can give you a little bit more versatility in certain matchups, right? He's already shown you, you know, in, in these games, he's hit one or two three-pointers. I mean, again, short sample size, it's only three games. And Enos Cantor can't really play in every matchup. So Harry Giles could come in and give you quality minutes. And right now he's my second standout in this preseason. Austin, who is yours? Definitely, definitely. So I want to kind of start this with a question for you. Throughout LeBron's entire 18-year career, how many times can you remember the guy that they that his team drafted for like from one year to the next? Other than maybe... Uh, Mario Chalmers, there's not a whole lot, really. You know, mm -hmm. they, they've they've never really had a, a standout from the draft. Anderson and I think the way, mm -hmm. Right, but I, I just mean, you know, wherever LeBron goes, it's kind of like get rid of these draft picks, get rid of these rookies, and bring me in some, some veterans that can win me a title. Right. And to see how high LeBron is on this next guy, it just kind of blew me away. And that's Talon Horton Tucker of the Los Angeles Lakers. <laughs> You know, obviously, I can't miss a chance to talk about my Lakers and brag on him a little bit. But and even bring up Lord, where did that? Where did that come from? Oh yeah, you have to, of course. You have to. Where did that NBA. come from? I mean, he, you know, you can't almost almost can't even find tape of him in a regular season game from last year, and he comes out in the opening game of the preseason and looks like the best player on the on both teams which yeah. was they were playing the clippers so you know he he was dominant he was he made almost every shot he took he and he made it look fairly easy he was in control he showed that he can be a, a point guard at this level for sure mm -hmm. he showed that he's uh, he may be you know another name in this long list of all of a sudden reliable offensive options that the lakers seem to have now and it almost makes you wonder if there's enough you know minutes to go around for everybody if he if he looks anything like this in the in the regular season i i don't know how alex caruso gets on the court a whole lot in front yeah, of yeah i would be worried if i'm alex caruso you know caruso's thing is defense that's kind of what he hangs his hat on and everybody that you talk to says taylor horton tucker's defense is his number one thing and then well, he, he comes out and puts third crazy oh yeah he's average i think he's averaging over three steals a game so far in the in the preseason i know he's leading the nba he's tied for the scoring lead He's the third in rebounds for a guard in terms of guards. So, you know, he's doing everything. He's, you know, like I said, he, he's kind of was no, was drafted at least more for his, his defensive skills. And he comes out and drops 34 points in his first, you know, real extended playing time here. And just to see LeBron and Anthony Davis and those guys on the bench, just, you know, who, you know, hollering and hooting every time he did something good. You know, you know, LeBron's going to put his name on that and say, I knew this guy was going to be good from the very beginning, whether he thought that or not. That's just how he is. Like but, Shabazz you know, here. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, and so it's it was just interesting to me to see a, a guy that was actually drafted by a LeBron James team really kind of stand out, you know, fairly early in his career. Obviously, Mario Chalmers, you know, was a, a pretty good uh player for Miami for a long time, but this is a whole nother level. And I couldn't be more excited about the future for this kid. Um, it just, you know, I feel like obviously I don't want to get too, you know, overblown about this, 
But if he keeps improving and keeps playing like this, I mean, I think the, the future of the Lakers is in really good hands with him, Anthony Davis, and all the other guys they have there, even once LeBron moves on or is done playing, whatever happens to be the case. But Taylor Horton Tucker obviously deserved one of my spots for uh, preseason standouts with the way he's been playing. Yeah, and this is just the rich getting richer, right? They just added Mark Gasol, who, you know, in his preseason time, I almost right. wanted to give him mention because – Boy, are they NBA in trouble that the Lakers now have another playmaker that they can run different unique sets through in Mark Gasol now. I mean, my mm-hmm. goodness, the NBA should just it would just simulate the season, you know. So, uh, Mark games. Gasol, they 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 added you know Dennis Schroeder, they added uh, Wesley Matthews. I mean, and, and now Taylor Taylor Horton Tucker is like, oh hey, by the way, I'm basically a new addition for this team now. So. Uh, but to Alex Caruso's credit, he did come out and sing praises about this guy. I mean, AC is a guy that technically, you know, he, he probably looks at it this way too, like wasn't supposed to be here and was a G League guy himself. So you know, he, he's probably proud of Taylor Horton Tucker, just like anybody else on the Lakers too. So um, and, awesome. and, I had a, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to mention too, real quick that, um, you know, Alex Caruso has a little bit of an X factor working in his favor too. He's kind of like a, this energy guy off the bench he's like a fan favorite a little bit he kind of gets the crowd going into it he gets the bench going into it he he seems to have like a timely dunk on a breakaway almost every time the lakers kind of need to get out of a lull with that second unit so i i think he he will still be kind of a spark plug type guy off the bench for them you know taylor horton tucker may start taking you know moving in on his minutes more and more as the season goes on but i i also think we're gonna see you know, a little bit longer rotation from the Lakers this year. I, I don't know if you'll see LeBron James in the top two or three in minutes per game like he's been the last few years. Uh, just one, he's getting older. Two, it's a shortened off season. And three, if they've got a embarrassment of riches, why not take advantage of it? And just one other thing I wanted to touch on just real fast is I think one of the other big improvements that the Lakers are going to have this year that nobody's really mentioned is there's absolutely zero pressure on Kyle Kuzma now. None. He he isn't really expected to be that third scoring option or the fourth scoring option or even maybe the fifth scoring option now. And he had 25 in his first game and he just kind of looked like he was comfortable and able to kind of play his own game the way he wanted to. And I think that bodes well for them as well. So I think big things are on the horizon in L.A. for sure. You could, I mean, I don't want to spend the whole time like talking about LA, but like you could also make the point that the fact that he's not even now likely going to be, you know, their fourth, fifth option I think mm-hmm. that that does give pressure at least to contract negotiation slash trade scenarios that may come up in the future, right? Mm-hmm. And he, he may value himself For more sure. highly than, than say, the rest of the NBA, at least right now. But Austin, mm-hmm. um, a couple guys that I just want to give honorable mentions to real quick that you know we had on deck in case the, the conversation allowed it was John Morant, who dropped 20 and 17 in his first couple games. And then Kevin Durant, you know, just came back and, you know, he has shown in limited time that he looks like he's going to be back. And that's great for the NBA. That's great for the future of the Brooklyn Nets. And, uh, you know, just excited to see him back on the floor. Who did you have as kind of your honorable mentions? Well, you mentioned Kevin Durant coming back from an Achilles injury. And I had John Wall right there, too. You know, John Wall was somebody I was much less sure of how he would look coming back than I was Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant's game was never really like an explosive scored athlete type of guy he's a seven foot sharpshooter you know yeah he is fairly explosive but he, he looked good i do think he's going to be back enough to where he was before maybe not a, just as good he defensively he might struggle a little bit but you know early on in in brooklyn there's no shortage of storylines there's no shortage of drama there's no shortage of fun you know he's looked good kyrie's been kyrie just exactly what we expected and then some so but he's played well but he has played well he did he did play well and did i don't know if you saw his interview but he changed his tune big time he said all the right things about Mm -hmm. steve nash loving playing for him and about how he didn't he misspoke when he said they didn't have a coach and and all this other stuff he's just being complimentary to everybody he walked back his pawns talk Mm -hmm. about the media and all that stuff so somebody got to him and said hey man this too early on in the year for this much you know drama going on already let's at least get through the preseason but uh katie looked like katie and you know if they're if if 
they get along and they both play up to their potential, the Nets are going to be hard to beat in the Eastern Conference for sure. But uh, John Wall, John Wall and kind of a package deal with DeMarcus Cousins, it, after that preseason um, you know, debut of those two, they look like old buddies from school from school days just like they are you know they were kind of laughing and and joking around before the game they went out there they looked like they were loose and having fun boogie's obviously still kind of that stretch five shooter he he definitely doesn't have the same athleticism that he had before all the injuries but and the, the uh, mobility know. yeah yeah the mobility aspect but, you know he came in, in houston and i think I think if he if he can return to form even 65% of, of where he was when he was at his best and John Wall is John Wall again, if I were James Harden, I'd be rethinking my uh, my trade request, to be honest. I think that could be a fun team to play with. You know, all of a sudden it could be like, oh, here, we've got almost a big three if they're healthy and back to where they were. You know, DeMarcus Cousins was a perennial all-star. He was a 25-point-a-game scorer. He's not probably going to be that, but John Wall looked electric he looked tremendous and mm -hmm. i think it would be he seems like the type of guard that would be fun to play with but from all accounts harden doesn't want anything to do with it and he, he looks like houston's gonna try to grant him his wish but i think the future looks kind of a little bit better today than it did maybe a week or two ago for houston i wasn't sure about that john wall trade but i, I like what i saw so far for sure yeah, and John Wall has kind of shown what I was hoping for in, in that deal. And, you know, the future being brighter and James Harden, by all accounts, still winning out. Well, the latest report, as as per the airing of the show, uh, you know, Philadelphia has made in certain trades uh, between Houston and Philadelphia that Ben Simmons may be available. Those conversations, per Sean's report, are not fluid yet. And there's still a lot that would need to be worked out. But as of now, you know, the, there are talks that Ben Simmons could be included in a trade package. And a lot of experts believe that he would have to be in order to move James Harden uh, for that deal. But as of now, Austin, those those talks have not progressed anywhere substantially. It's just, oh, hey, by the way, type information, which, you know, mm -hmm. NBA fans and, and reporters like us are going to analyze the ever loving heck out of it right and we'll we'll, we'll probably right. do that moving forward in future shows austin but uh you know as for this episode that kind of just puts a bow on what we're talking about what we wanted to talk about for today um you know for our show that airs on monday we're going to kind of come at the folks with a you know opening night preview we're going to break down each of the opening night games and kind of storylines and you know players to kind of look out for austin how excited are you that the 22nd is the beginning of the NBA season legitimately. It's right around the corner, which is crazy because it, it, I mean, obviously it feels like the last season just ended. It's been a whirlwind. Uh, I'm super excited. And, you know, just real quick before we let everybody go, you hit the nail on the head when you said we're going to overanalyze every word in these, you know, reports and stuff. And the one thing that I took away that I thought was the most interesting was Woj saying basically that Houston has opened their search beyond teams that Harden has, you know, expressed an interest in playing for. So it seems to me like from those of that wording that they may be more motivated than we originally thought to, to part ways with him. And it, they may just not want to, they may just be trying to avoid a, a tumultuous season with him, you know, not being a little bit of a malcontent, but like you said, that's been talked about ad nauseum and it will be throughout the year. So we, we don't need to touch on it too much. Uh, I just, want to apologize for my notes uh, going missing on those that first segment. I was a little uh, flustered there, so I apologize. But uh, you uh, you kept us afloat pretty well, Stephen. You're always the professional. You did a great job, so thank you for that. And I will do my best to bring it a little better on the next episode. Well, hey, man, we I mean, that's why we do this show together, because there have certainly been times where you have elevated me when I needed it. And I always thank you and appreciate that aspect. But I mean, like I said, when your notes were available, you did a great job today, brother. But um, before we let before we let you go, before we, you know, let the fans and, and the viewers and the listeners and everybody who's everybody on Dash Radio, everybody on Dash Radio on the Nothing But Net channel. Thank you for the plug. Uh, you know, let's mm -hmm. get them home safely. Let's let them go. They got a chance to, you know, unwind from the stress of their day. Do you have anything in the works that you want to give a quick, you know, one minute plug on? Still uh, finishing my series on did they do enough? Um, I've got this 
second to last one just about done. It should be up tonight, actually. I'm going to finish it as soon as we get done here. And then I'll have one more that I, I'll probably have done, you know, at least before the opening game of the season because I wanted to get that out there before the start of the season. And then I'm just really looking forward to uh, the upcoming shows we have about, you know, actual games that count are back in action. I'm really excited about that. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Absolutely. Yeah. And you can check out all of Austin's work and my work on offtheballnetwork.com where you can get all of your sports needs. You know, Austin, I'm just I'm really looking forward to, you know, this upcoming season. Christmas Day is upon us. You know, the holidays are coming up. I got your gifts ready. You know, as soon as I get them all, I'm going to send them out to you. Thank you. I appreciate that, man. And uh, I just appreciate all the work that you do for the show. And I just want to let everybody know that you know we'll be on the sh- we'll be on dash radio on the nothing but net channel every monday and friday at 6 p.m eastern time 3 p.m pacific time and anytime that we can mm-hmm. try to get some extra time in there we will certainly try to do that we just appreciate all the love and support that you've given us please follow austin on twitter at austin car 10 you can follow mm-hmm. me at steven btg on twitter that's steven with a ph btg for that stands for breaking the game and then on instagram you can follow me at steven w gillespie that's g-i-l-l-a-s-p-i-e on instagram you can follow our show on both of those platforms at btg nba pod we would just love and appreciate all the support that you give us and austin let's say something nice to the people before we go well you know we've been working hard putting out bonus content for you guys we've had a couple you know extra little sessions together which has been both therapeutic and extremely fun so you know thank you for taking the time to listen to our our show on dash radio as well as you know the extra stuff that we put out there i I actually think the extra episode made it on dash radio as well which was pretty cool so props to those guys for that for putting us on there um you know we love doing this we obviously love the game of basketball we we don't have much of a life outside of it (laughs) if you couldn't tell but you know this this is honestly the best part of my day is getting to talk to you and and getting to talk to all the the listeners and everybody who is a fan of the nba of the nba uh i I could spend day and night talking about this stuff so i just am, am blown away by the fact that i have this platform that i do to to give my opinions and talk about it the way we do it's it's been awesome so thank you for bringing me aboard thank you to nothing but net and dash radio thank you to all the listeners it's it's like almost like a dream come true for me not almost it is so yeah and i echo those exact same sentiments and just shout out to off the ball network.com all of our crew from over there you can catch our buddy chris lebron here on the nothing but net channel on dash radio as well he does a lot of great work and we're gonna have more guests coming on i'm already working on lining up some great guests for the upcoming weeks and days and shows to come but for off the ball network for the nothing but net channel on dash radio for my awesome co-host austin Carr and myself for the breaking the game show we just appreciate everything that you guys do as far as reaching out to us and you know giving us feedback and support and encouragement it means a lot to us we will catch up with you guys on the next show which is going to be on monday and we will talk to you guys next time much love everybody have a good one